0: It's Tuesday, January 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Rule Breakers and Million Dollar Portfolio, Simon Erickson, and from Rule Breakers and Motley Fool Supernova, Aaron Bush. Thanks for being here, guys.
1: Good morning, Chris. Good to be here. Four
0: services between you. I'm surprised you have time to be in here. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make this efficient. Um, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, for those who don't know, is annually the biggest event. In the United States, in terms of exhibitor type of shows, this year CES was attended by over 170,000 people. That is a record. Nearly 50,000 of them were from outside the United States. There were over 3,500 different exhibitors, and you two guys were among the throngs of people who were there last week. And I, I wanted to get your perspective on the event, because this this is a huge deal every year, Simon, but you and I were talking earlier this morning, and one of the comments I made to you was, I, I sort of feel like this year, unlike years past, there was not really any big, huge headline story coming out of CES. And from an investing standpoint, there did not appear, to me anyway, to be any sort of significant stock movement Based off of CES, because in years past there have been large companies where they make a big splash at CES and their stock moves up three, four, five percent. We've also seen examples of smaller companies publicly traded. They announce a a deal or a a partnership with a a big company like Samsung or Apple, and their stock pops thirty percent. That sort of thing. Um, And again, my perspective was that there wasn't really either of those. But let's let's start with your experience there, and what was your headline for this year's CES?
1: Well, Chris, I agree with you. This was definitely more of a broadly-based CES, uh, more than a, than a product-focused CES like we've seen in years past. And for me, the, the headline that came out of this year's CES was during the, keynote, the first keynote speech, which was Samsung's CEO, uh, getting in front of everybody and saying, within five years, Samsung was committing for 100% of the devices that they sell globally will be connected To the Internet of Things, and what that means is, um, you know, they're going to be collecting data, and Samsung's going to have the opportunity to analyze that data and maximize the user experience. So, quite a statement when you think about Samsung selling 660 million items a year. So, every like that,
0: I got to say that gives me a little bit of pause as someone who, from time to time, will buy electronic, and I'm I'm relatively agnostic when it comes to brands. And so the likelihood that I'm going to buy a Samsung product in the next five years is probably just as high as it is any other electronics maker. So anything I buy from Samsung in the next five years or five years from now, like my TV, I'm not going to have that choice. It's, it's all going to be sending data to Samsung.
1: Samsung and everybody else, because I think that everyone is, is really trying to figure out what the Internet of Things means Literally, uh, at this point. And so you know you're going to see between Fitbits and smart toasters and smart toothbrushes. These are actually things we saw at the CES. I need a smart toaster How and How tooth smart toothbrush. do I need my – I just need it to toast and not burn stuff. It, How smart do I need my toaster gonna to be? It's going to be super intelligent toasting now. <laughs> so –
2: <laughs> Along with your smart egg holder.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, every, there's an explosion of hardware devoi- devices right now that that every company under the sun is creating for the Internet of Things. And um, it's going to be very interesting to see how that takes shape in the
2: next couple of years.
0: Aaron, what was your headline for the week?
2: Watch out for the selfie stick. <laughs> and that sounds really dumb, but everywhere I've been over the past month, and including uh, Vegas, CES, is that people have been using these things religiously. And over the past month, the number of times they've been searched on Google has exploded. So...
0: And for those who don't know this, so the uh, selfie photograph, you just have your phone, you take it, and the selfie stick is a way to what? To just...
2: It's an extension of your arm. Um, It could either... There's a Bluetooth connection, or it could be the timer. And it just helps people take selfies better. But what's interesting (laughs) to me about this, and that sounds really dumb, I understand. (laughs) But it's been sweeping across um, the world, basically. And so everyone has their eyes on these big, massive companies like Samsung, um, for example. But sometimes the best inventions that really gain the most traction come from these smaller companies and these really simple ideas that really are as simple as a stick and are literally staring at you right in the face. And so that was just interesting for me and kind of gave me perspective on everything else going on at the event.
0: Were there any... um Either new technologies or maybe relatively new technologies that you looked at and thought, "I this is this is going to be big." And I've I've mentioned in the past that 2014 was the year that uh, I, I felt like the solar energy industry b- made a leap of some sort in terms of viability. And 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 not that I'm even remotely an expert in solar energy, and nor am I someone who should be paid attention to when it comes to energy. But I'm just saying, for, for my own um, sense as an investor, that was where I sort of felt like, oh, okay, it, 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 I, I'm no longer questioning whether or not there will be winners in the solar energy industry. There will be, as an investor, I just need to figure out who they are. Were there any sort of um, similar releva- revelations that you guys had about individual products, technologies in general? Aaron?
2: Yeah, so to me, I think there was a lot of hype at the event, but one of the technologies that lives up to the hype, in my opinion, is virtual reality, or what's being increasingly called augmented reality. Um, And so what's interesting to me, we all know the Oculus Rift, which is the headset that you put over your face and you basically feel like you're living somewhere else in that period of time. But what was interesting to me was that there's an entire ecosystem forming. And um, Intel came out with RealSense technology, which helps put the physical world in a 3D image into the virtual world. So that when you're waving your hands around, there's a camera that then puts your hands inside the computer, and then you can see them inside your headset. And then there was this other smaller company that's a startup called Ultra Haptics that um, basically. I don't know how the technology works on all of this, but they pinpoint ultrasound, and then you get some sort of haptic feeling in your fingers. And so kind of pairing all that together, we start to see that not only will your brain think that you're kind of in this other place through your eyes, but you'll be able to see yourself and feel this world that doesn't exist. Did you test this? Um, I didn't test all parts of that, but I did test virtual reality when I was there.
0: Did you enjoy it? Were you freaked out? What What was your gut feeling?
2: It was awesome. It was completely <laughs> awesome. So I, I mainly tested out a couple games and um, watched movie trailers, but I got to choose the setting that I was watching the trailers in. So I chose like a house, a movie theater, the moon, and it really felt like I was there. Wait, like, the moon? Yeah, I was. There was a screen on the moon, and there was like my my moon buggy over on the side that I must have traveled in <laughs> to it.
0: So it, I, mean, I mean, when I hear this, uh, as an investor, it gets me thinking more about obviously video game, mm-hmm. uh, the video game industry, but also entertainment in general. Is that when it, it, like when you're when you're wearing your analyst hat and you look at well, what are the applications? Because I mean. The smart toaster, come on, I don't need a smart toaster, and, and I don't know that a smart toaster is going to move the needle for a company that's going to make me want to invest in it. But when I hear about things like virtual reality, and the, I do think that, for example, the death of the movie theater, which has been proclaimed over the last couple of years, might be premature if all of a sudden the movie theater is the best place to get a virtual reality experience like this.
2: Yeah. So I, I agree with that. It will start with entertainment, for sure. And I know even like Netflix, for example, has developed an Oculus interface. So it's coming, and it probably will accelerate at some point in the future.
1: If I can add to this, too, we, we got to play around with a, a startup company called Virtuix, uh, who has a full body suit for virtual reality, too. So it's not just a headset. You're <laughs> actually moving around and shooting things, and, and it's really a, a full-life experience. I I think it's going to be huge for gaming. I agree.
0: Let's go to the other side of the coin. Um, Last year, our colleague Matt Argusinger was at CES, and one of his big takeaways, uh, he said he looked at all of the companies that were exhibiting in the 3D printing space, and he just sort of looked at them and thought – almost all of you are going to be gone in a couple of years, either out of business or you'll be acquired or that sort of thing. But the idea that there are going to be 25, 30 viable standalone 3D printing companies, he he just looked at that and thought, well, no, that's, that's not going to happen. Was there something like that for you this year? And if so, what was it?
1: Yeah, there was, Chris. I think you know, it would be interesting to see if Aaron and I answered this the same way. But the thing for me, at least right now, that's a little overhyped has definitely got long-term potential, but right now, definitely overblown is drones. Um, there is no commercial uh, policy in, in place by the FAA for commercial drones. Right now, it's all recreational drones. And just, we saw so many booths at the CES of people trying to sell, you know, these these gizmos that fly around and take pictures of you, follows you down the hill as you're snowboarding and stuff like that. But I just don't think there's a big enough buyer base, especially right now, to, to warrant all of the boots that were focused on drones.
0: Sounds like that's in direct competition with the selfie stick. Too.
1: <laughs> it may be. <laughs> there might be some collaboration they could have between the two of those. Possibly. The selfie drone.
2: But I definitely agree with that. And drones was the overhyped technology that I was going to bring up, too. I mean, obviously, it's big for the military, but that wasn't part of the Consumer Electronics show. Consumer applications, there's no killer app yet, apart from just like being able to take video footage, for example. Yet... And all the panels, that's what everyone was talking about as a next big thing. And so probably next year, like 3D printing was last year, that's not going to be the case.
0: There was a small, and and this gets back to your comment about Samsung, Uh, there was a small uh, article in the Washington Post last week about exhibitors, and I believe of the 3,600 or so exhibitors, I believe the number in the article was nine. There were nine exhibitors who were basically displaying privacy products. So, at the other end of Samsung saying, everything's going to be connected, there were a few exhibitors who were saying, look, this is a phone case that will um, ramp up the privacy um, on your phone so that you're less likely to get hacked, um, you're not sending stuff to the cloud automatically, that sort of thing. In any of the panel discussions, in any of the conversations you had with other exhibitors, did privacy concerns come up? And if so, in what context?
1: You know, maybe this isn't directly answering for, from what you're seeing from the from the article, but I think that security is one of the big topics of, of the CES right now. Um, if you do have all of these hardware companies that are making products that range from thousands of dollars to a couple of bucks that are all connected to the same Internet wirelessly, there's got to be a security standard that can't be breached so that everything can't get hacked into. And I think that's one of the challenges and the hurdles of the IoT right now is that, you know, the standards... aren't aren't being addressed as much as maybe they should, and security kept coming up, at least that I saw
2: in CS. I agree, and I think privacy and security can be looked at as two different things, and both are very big deals. Privacy is just more like what consumers are willing to give companies, and they have trended to become more lenient over time in that. And then security, as someone's saying, is a much bigger deal than it has been, and part of that is just there's been an efflorescence of hackers um, lately, and so it's just something that's like, Widely admitted and widely worried about, but everyone is also working on it pretty intensely.
0: All right. Before we wrap up, give me one Vegas tip for anyone who's going to Vegas, like you guys, on a business trip, going for a conference, because God knows they have conferences every week in Las Vegas. Um, Obviously, not all all as big as CES, Um, but one one travel tip, one. thing to see in Vegas, one place to eat, whatever. Aaron, what do you got for me?
2: Bring your selfie stick. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I am not bringing my selfie stick. I don't have one. (laughs) I'm not going to have one. Go ahead. Understandable. So I would just say when you're walking kind of down the strip, just slow down and enjoy the, the kind of the, small like mini shows I guess. At some of the hotels they have outside like water shows and outside um, that was the Venetian and outside the Mirage there's this kind of like volcano thing that looked really intriguing where there's just fire blasting all around. So just as you're going back and forth, slow down and see the sights. Get your
0: head out of your phone. Stop taking selfies and and actually enjoy what's around you a little bit. Yes. I like it.
1: Simon what do you got for me? Uh, Chris, my tip is utilize the monorail. Uh, you know, don't stay in the line for a cab. Those taxi lines are forever outside of the hotels. Monorail runs up and down the Strip. It goes to convention centers. It's, um, for us, $5 one way, $13 for an all-day pass. That'll save you a lot of money and a lot of time. It is nice, Aaron, I agree, to, to see what's going on in the Strip. But definitely, if you're, if you're in a hurry or you're trying to catch stuff, utilize that monorail.
0: All right, Aaron Bush, Simon Erickson. Thanks for being here, guys.
2: Thanks, Chris. Thanks.
0: As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.